0: Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So today I want to uh, share some things with you. Pierre, I must confess that I thought of you a lot as I was preparing my message. Not because this is aimed at you, but because the title of my message to you this morning is Crouch, Bind, Set. Romeo, I thought of you too. Romeo's a big Booker fan. Pierre loves his rugby. I don't know if you've noticed this, but our most impactful services over the past couple of months have been the services where some level of engagement has been required from everyone. They've been our most awkward services. We had somebody stand up and say, I hate it when Michael does this. (laughs) Which was really great. Because we don't like being put on the spot, don't we? Sometimes we like to come like we come to a rugby match. We like to come and sit in the seats I was blessed last week after the service. Uh, somebody blessed me with a ticket to go watch the sevens. So I was in Cape Town Stadium, but I want to tell you something. This was not just any old ticket. I was third row from the front, about two meters, three meters off from the center line. I was right there. I heard the crunches. When the women were playing, I heard some screams, which was rather unnerving. They get rough. And uh, truth be told, that's not the real inspiration behind the message this morning, although I certainly will be referring to it. But thankfully, I wasn't on the field, because those guys are big, and those guys are quick. But yet, I don't know about you, there's something in me that if somebody's doing something, I want to partake, I want to be a part of it, I want to feel a part of it. And it's amazing how when we do, we get so much more out of the experience. Those are the things we remember. We remember. Those are the things which make an impact. And if I go back a few weeks where we prayed for one another, do you know how many people came to me afterwards and said, sure, that was so powerful. So-and-so spoke this over me, or so-and-so said that over me, and it was so powerful. And the wonderful reality is that when we engage, we make an impact. God has a way of working through us. A couple of weeks ago, I got to go to Port Elizabeth to a conference and it was a blessed conference. It was a Harvest Leadership Conference. And um, I learned some really interesting things on the conference. But the most amazing thing, the most, the thing that I will remember, the thing I've really come away with is where a very gentle couple came. They weren't, they're not pastors. They work in ministry, so they work at the Harvest Outreach. They do some of their outreach stuff and, and that kind of thing. They're involved with missions. But this very gentle, quiet couple came up to Helen and I and said, Can we pray for you? We just sensed the Lord as something said say. They had no idea what they were about to say. We had no idea what we were about to receive. But we were truly thankful. They prayed a prayer over us, and within five minutes, Helen and I both had tears running down our face. Some of the things they said to me personally caused weights and, 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 and just, just heavy things to fall off me. It brought me to a place of liberty and grace. I went to PE for a conference. Well, that's what I thought I was going to PE for. But I went to PE because this random couple just had an unction from the Lord. They were willing to engage with us, things at the conference. But the truth is, I went there for that. I want to say to you folks, as we've been talking about this wind of God, you know, when I think of wind, I think of sailing. A sailboat, as long as the sails are down, is not engaging with the wind. But when it puts up its sail so that it can catch the breath of the wind, it allows that wind to pull it where it wants to go. When it cooperates with the wind, it's amazing how fast sailing can go. I don't know if any of you have done any, any sailing. I've done some sailing on a catamaran. And of course, the fun is getting it just right so that you get the one fin out of the water and you're balancing it and you, you, you're holding the rudder to make sure that you're not fighting. You, you, you're in that sweet spot where you can just hold the cat and you're leaning with all your weight and, and, and when it gets a little scared, then you release it but to get that spot where you really are pushing the pace on the waves. It's a wonderful feeling to go and be pushed by nothing but the wind. But our most active or our most impactful times, as we've been talking about this breath of God that is coming upon us, that God is breathing on His people, our most impactful times are going to be those moments where we are engaging with Him. And for this, I I do want to... uh, uh, ask Zach. Zach is going to help me with the demonstration this morning. I better gird my loins here because uh, this is going to get rough. So, so Zach, come up here. You're short, so let's do this up here so everyone can see us. Okay. So, there's a set thing, as you will know, when they have rugby. It used to be touch, crouch, pause, engage, uh, but we don't do that anymore. Now we've got three different words. It is crouch, so we get the position right. Come, get, get, get head forward. Okay. And then it's bind, right? So put your head in here, and we've got to bind. You've got to hold on to each other. You've got to make sure that you're locked in so that nobody... And then they say, sit! And then you push, and you push, and you push, and you push, and, oh, my goodness, all your weight, and, you... and There's a fight. Oh, just wait away, I'm not done with you yet. That's great, right? Now, would you agree with me that this is slightly... Uh, not, not exactly a fair context? Not because you're not strong. But because there's just so much of me. So if we did this again, so if we crouch and we bind, it's bind, get your head in here, bind, you're holding on tight, and we set, I am fully capable of doing this. <laughs> so even though you're pushing as hard as you can, not exactly fair, is it? Can you do that to me? Not likely. Thank you for helping me out with that example. You did a great job. Thank you, Zach. Okay, now I'm exhausted. Anybody want to take over? <laughs> See, in a rugby scrum, these three steps really point to something. And I hope that, that just the analogy kind of helps us understand the, 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 th- the three things that I really want to communicate to us this morning. I sense the Lord saying that we want to get into the flow of His Spirit that we want to get into the grace of learning how to flow in His Spirit, learning how to pray in the Spirit, how to give words of knowledge, how to give words of wisdom, how to allow the gifts of God to flow. But sometimes those things sound like they're up there or they're out there. And we need to start from where we are. See, God meets us where we are. And I just sensed this morning that what I want to establish this morning are what I believe are just the foundational prerequisites that we really need to have settled down deep down inside our hearts if we really want to be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit and not allow the enemy to hinder us. So I don't know if we're going to talk about all the hindrances today. Let's see how far we get. But here's the things I want to talk about. Number one, crouch. Crouch speaks of a posture. When we speak of crouching in a spiritual sense, we would probably speak of kneeling before God. Crouching, that that idea of bowing down before Him. When we bow before God, we acknowledge two things. Number one, we acknowledge, You are God, who I worship. And secondly, we acknowledge, I am not. And sometimes we need to be reminded that I am not the Lord of my life because I worship You. If I worship myself, if I worship my opinion, if I do what I want, when I want, how I want, I'm the Lord of my life. I don't need to bow to anybody. But if I acknowledge You as Lord... That's the first position. The second one is bind. To be bound to something. It speaks of connection. If you were to bind my hands behind my back, they are connected together in an in an inseparable way, in a sense. Without, you know, you could come and and uh, and, and cut the bonds off. And we speak about bondages often in a negative sense, and there are negative bondages, but you know what? You and I are bound to Christ. We are sealed by the Spirit. There's a connection there that enables us to engage. The next one, set. And what happens when Zach and I set? What happens when the scum comes together and they crouch and they bind? The the set point is where that connection is set. (laughs) It is established. And what happens? They begin to push into one another. They push into one another. They press in. And just like you saw with Zach, you know, uh, Lily and I often, she likes to do this as well. Uh, I am much stronger than than she is. I am much stronger than Zach is. I'm a grown man. He's a, a growing boy who is, let's be honest, surprisingly strong too. I have the power to overpower him. You see, when I come to God, he is a lot stronger than I am. He is able to overpower me but yet He allows me to press in, and He kind of cradles that like a father would, like you saw with Jack. And I mean, He could tip me upside down, and every now and then He does, and He thinks it's hilarious. And it, but, but, but there is this wrestle where God allows me, and He works with me, and as I press into Him, I'm never going to overwhelm Him, but He gives way a little bit. And sometimes He pushes back a little bit. And sometimes He gives way a little bit. Now you see, as a young man, if, if, if you are training to be a rugby player, if you are training to be in the scrum, in the front line, you are going to be practicing that every single day. Why? Because as I allow my child to do that every single day, they are working their muscles. They are getting stronger. They are learning about what works and what doesn't. They are learning why they slide back sometimes. They are learning the best way to get this or the, the, what, what works for them. And in the process, there's resistance, but their muscles are getting stronger. Stronger and stronger. And the the amazing thing about this is, if if you had to go to the gym today, and you went home and you stood in front of the mirror, what would have changed? Nothing. They lied to you. (laughs) Nothing will change. And if you did it tomorrow, what would happen? Nothing. And the next day, apart from the sore muscles nothing but yet if you did that every day for three months there are small imperceptible changes that take place little by little by little that's why when you don't notice how quickly your kids are growing every now and then you sort of go Jesus, what happened but you see an aunt or an uncle that hasn't seen them in six months and they go wow you've grown so much People say the same thing to me nowadays, but they mean something completely different. (laughs) So this idea that we can set in and bind in and press in day by day, sometimes we don't notice the difference. Sometimes we think, am I wasting my time? Sometimes, you know... (laughs) I remember years ago, I, I used to explain it like this. Sometimes my quiet times are just moments of refreshing and God's speaking to me and the word is coming alive and I leave encouraged. encouraged. Other times my quiet times look like this because I went to bed too late. Or, and it, but yet there's something about the consistency. There's something about the heart that continues to press in that makes a difference over time. You see, our spiritual strength is developed through the process of repeatedly crouching, binding, and being set again and again and again. In His love, in His grace, and on on His trajectory for our lives. And this process establishes three key areas in our lives that are necessary for us to live life in the Spirit. And I want to say to you that these are the same three key areas that God established His Son Jesus in before He learned to live life by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know that Jesus, when He was a young man, when He was, well, 30 years old, and it was time, He went to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John the Baptist put Him into the water and baptized Him. And as He came up, we know the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove, and these words came from heaven. God, was the Father, was speaking over His Son, Mark 1, verse 11, and He said this, making three statements, You are my Son, whom I love, in whom I am well pleased. You are my Son, whom I love, In whom I am well pleased, and three things were established in the heart of Jesus that day. Did Jesus know these things? Do you think he knew them before? We don't know. I think I I hope he did. The Bible tells us precious little about Jesus' early life. We know that when he was a child he grew; that's kind of self-evident. When he was twelve, he was found in the temple, and his parents were upset with him and took him back to. Uh, to Bethlehem, and then they said uh, back to Nazareth, and then what the, what the Scripture says about him in that period is, the child grew in stature and in favor with God and man. That's all the Bible tells us about those 18 years of his life, really, and, and that he was in subjection to his parents throughout that period of time. But there was a shift coming in Jesus' life. And I want to say to you today, there is a shift Coming in your life. A shift into a spiritual experience, a dimension, a reality that God is wanting to bring us into. But there are certain things that, just like Jesus, need to be established in our lives. Number one, identity. You are my son, you are my daughter. And this is one of the things that we establish when we crouch. It's that position of acknowledging, yes, I'm a servant of God, but I'm the child of God. It's the positional reality. Crouch assumes a position. Spiritually, spiritually, identity, the identity that God gives us, is the position that we have in the heavenlies. Whom I love, there is affection. Identity, affection. We are bound together and we are bound into the love of God. And thirdly, there's affirmation. With you I am well pleased. I am well pleased. Did you know that God delights in you? Some of us have a hard time with that. We're so familiar with our weaknesses, with our sin. Maybe we know we're, we're, we're not living a life that's pleasing Him. Maybe we know we're doing things, but yet God delights in His children. You know, my little girls, they don't always do everything right all the time. But they remain my joy. They remain my delight. Spending time with them, being with them, watching them grow makes my heart swell with pride. Sometimes they do things that blow my mind. And I go, wow, they didn't get that from me. You see, it was from this place that Jesus was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tested. Those revelations are what enabled him to withstand the temptation of the enemy. I am God's child, and he loves me, and he is pleased with me. I want to say to you today, that besetting sin that you're struggling with, what is the and that you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried to overcome in your flesh. Something needs to shift behind the scenes in the heart to break the shackles of that thing. That is the realization that you are God's child, and that He loves you, and that He is pleased. He's not pleased with sin, but He's pleased with you because of Jesus. Many of us are either spiritually asleep or we're holding back from using our gifts in the kingdom because we have not been spending time crouching, binding, and being set into the love of God. We're on the sidelines watching other people do it. And you know what? When they do it well, we cheer. Good job. Well done. I mean, Romeo, are you quite animated when the book is I don't know about you, Pierre. Do you referee from your armchair? (laughs) We're invested. We're invested. And the irony is, so often we are divested from our own spiritual growth. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Listen to some of the things that God says about you and about me. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 17. I'll read from the New King James. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Daddy. A very deeply affectionate word. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we also may be glorified together. Here we see again these three things that Paul is trying to articulate to establish the church in a relationship with God through which comes grace gifting the ability to be led by the spirit position adoption you are children you've been adopted into a home i heard a testimony years ago about a young lady who a young girl who was an adopted child and she knew she was an adopted child and Instead of it being something of shame for her, she used to brag about it. She used to go to her friends and go, I'm adopted, you're not. Because she knew that somebody came and chose her. Now you can either focus on all of those who've rejected you, or you can focus on the fact that God has chosen you. And here we see this word of affection, Abba. Abba is not father. If my kids come to me and say, Father, I'm thinking, what do you want? What? Or I'm thinking, what have you done? But daddy is the normal word. Pops is more affectionate for them. They like that one. Lily, for some, time, for some reason, likes popcorn. She's my child. There's, a, I, there, there's this affectionate, there's this realization that I am so loved and so welcomed that I don't need to put on formalities in His presence. That He knows me as I am, and He accepts me as I am. I know that God has a wonderful sense of humor, because He made me. And I know sometimes He laughs with me. Other times He laughs at me. But I know that I can come to my dad, and that he gets me. And thirdly, there's affirmation. There's nothing sadder than when a child, a son or a daughter, feels that they need to perform in order to earn the affirmation of their father or their mother. God's affirmation of you and I is not based upon what you have or have not done. It is based upon who He is and what His Son has done. Isn't that incredible? If there is nothing you can do to earn God's love, then there is nothing you can do to lose God's love. Now, you can choose to reject it. You can choose death over life, cursing over blessing. You have the choice to reject God and to move away from Him. But if God's love is unconditional, if it's unmerited, then it cannot be earned and it cannot be lost. We can turn away from His grace but his love remains and what that means is that if i have got a prodigal heart and i sincerely repent from where i have been we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and i turn my heart and i pursue the father again if i decide to crouch he will allow me to bind and be reset into his love 1 john chapter 3 verse one, the first part from the ESV says, What kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God? And then he says, And so we are. That's amazing. He doesn't just... I, I, I picked that up. Some translations bring this out differently, but that's really good. It doesn't just say, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. He says, And so we are. What point is he driving home? Now, when I am a child in my house, I have no issues with going and opening the fridge. I have every expectation that if I can't open the jar, Dad will open the jar for me. I have every expectation that if I'm hungry and I go to mom, she'll find a meal for me. She won't necessarily make it, she'll say, There's a banana, go and eat it. But she'll make sure that I'm fed. If I'm a child in my house... I see some smiles here. People are That that, that example rings true. Mom, but why won't you make me something? Because you're old enough. You can go do it yourself. But there's food in the house. There's provision in the house. There's education in the house. There's correction in the house. But there's love in the house. I belong in the house. I don't need to strive in the house. Another verse. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that you and I might become, what? Does anybody know? The righteousness of God. In other words, we are in right standing with Him. We owe Him nothing. He's not looking for us to pay some kind of debt. You see, folks, when these realities have truly set in deep down within our hearts... We begin to live life from a different perspective. Let me show you another example. I just thought of it now. It comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. And Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And this is the prayer that he prays. He says, For this I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 3 from 14, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to to the greatness, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. How? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend what is the height and depth and width and length, to know the love of God which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What is the prerequisite to being filled with the fullness of God? What is the prerequisite to receiving and flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What is the prerequisite to, be, to receiving the inheritance that Christ has laid up for you and for me? It is a revelation that I am loved. That this is mine not because I've earned it, but because God loves me. It's the realization that I am welcome in His presence, that He delights in, the, in it when I come into the room. One of my favorite parts of the day is when I'm praying in the mornings and my kids wander up the passage into the living room. And in their sleepy haze, they normally come and say, Good morning, and then they snuggle in best part of the day. That and kissing them goodnight when they don't want to let go. Those are intimate moments. And they know they're welcome because they know that they are loved. And they come in and they press in. Now, there are moments in those relationships where discipline is necessary, where guidance and leadership and help and all of these things. But it all comes from those little places. Those moments (laughs) where we crouch together and we bind and we are set where words of life and encouragement can be spoken, where I can pray blessing over them and speak affirmation over them. When this reality begins, is set in our hearts we will, and we begin to live life from this perspective, insecurity and indifference begin to lose their hold on us. Sometimes we don't want to do these things because we're insecure. We're worried about what other people may say about us. Other times we're just indifferent. Why? Because we're we're more concerned about other things. We haven't crouched. We haven't bound. We're not set. Why? Because for this to happen requires regular scrummages with the Lord. Regular scrummages with the Word. Regular scrummages in prayer. Regular scrummages in the Spirit. Not because God is resisting us. I understand a a scrum can be a violent thing where people are pushing against each other. God is not trying to resist us, but He's trying. There's an engagement that is required from you and from me. This is the way Jesus said it John 15, verses 5 through to 8. I am the vine, you are the branches. Position. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. We see this idea of being bound together, set up for success. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and if my words, these realities, these truths abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. For by this my Father in heaven is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. You see, the evidence, if we look at this portion of Scripture, the evidence that these realities have truly set into our hearts is that we become more concerned with glorifying God than we do with having our needs met or our own comfort comfort catered to. We We are pressing into something Greater. One of the enemy's greatest strategies in your life and in my life is to get us to squander what God has put within us without us even realizing it. And day by day by day, nothing happens. Nothing happens. We squander the gift that God has given us, we squander the love that God has poured richly into our hearts because we're indifferent, because we're distracted. Maybe because of pride. Maybe because we're fearful. And I just had a sense this morning that, that yes, there is a time and there is a season that we are in where God is wanting to breathe. And God is breathing. Isaiah chapter 61. Arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But I want to say to you, dear one loved of God, cherished by the Lord, It's time to engage. It's time to crouch and to bind in and to be set, set on a course, set on a pursuit, set in a love that empowers all of the other things and enables all of the other things to flow. You know what? If you, some people, some of us want to enjoy the game of rugby, and we can hear the crowds roaring, but we're outside the stadium. We can't even see what's going on. We haven't even got a clue. We just hear the noise. God's inviting you in, not just to the stadium, but He's saying, "Come, let's have a kickabout." Would you come and 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 do what Zach did with me just now? Would you come and just let's just be together? And and I'm going to teach you as you press into me. I'm going to show you how to use your gifts. I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm going to show you what grace I've put in you. Remember my testimony in the beginning? God showed his love to Helen and I just again a couple of weeks ago as somebody who was just willing to engage. Spirit gave them a small prompting. They engaged with us. And through them, I don't know if they felt any tingles or butterflies or anything. I highly doubt it. But they spoke words over us that God, God spoke words over us through them. That was so impactful. And God is able to do that and even more through you and through me every single day. Jesus said, the works I do, you also will do. And even greater works than these. Why? Because I go to my Father and I'm sending you His Spirit. The ability to do so comes from the security that comes. I'm loved by God. And if these people reject me, that's okay. And if I get it wrong, it's okay. And if I mess up, it's okay. And if I look like an idiot, it's okay. But it is okay. Trust me. I do it all the time. But when we are ready to stand in God's presence and say, God, I know I'm loved. Here I am. Let's engage. What are you saying to me? How can I bring you glory? How can I be used by you to bless somebody else's life? Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.